Do you want this new year to be the one that changes things? Do you want to be free from all the restrictive food rules and the diet obsessions and the constant concerns about your weight and your body image? Do you want to get and stay healthy in a way that's sustainable for you and be able to apply nutrition information in a way that works for you and your lifestyle? Well, I have some very exciting news. During the month of December 2021, I'm having a huge, huge Christmas sale. For any packages or any services that are booked through December 31st, 2021, you will get, ready for this, 50% off. Not kidding, half price services for any that are booked and paid for in full at the time of booking through the end of December 2021. Yay, I'm so excited. So just go to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com, click on the work with me tab, schedule your appointment and use the discount code December 21, all in caps, no spaces, December 21. And you will receive 50% off. What a way to start the new year. Go to truefoodfreedomandfaith.com, Go to the work with me tab and use the discount code December 21, all caps, no spaces, and it expires December 31st, 2021. Now on to the show. Today's episode is part two, addressing the many factors that can contribute to holiday weight gain and the challenges that can come with the holiday season. So we're going to look at those and the ways to deal with them successfully so you can enjoy God's blessings this holiday season. Stay tuned. Welcome to the True Food Freedom and Faith Podcast. I'm your imperfect host, Cheryl Sharko, registered dietitian, nutritionist, and biblical counselor, here to get real with you, my sisters in Christ. Yep, I'm talking to you who struggle with restricted food rules, chronic dieting, yo-yo diets, emotional eating, and other issues that consume your life, your joy, and your peace. So get your comfy pants on like I did and get ready for some real talk about this journey, real nutrition information, and some real solutions so you can live a life in true food freedom and faith. Welcome back, sisters. You know, there really is more to holiday weight gain than just all the pretty cookies, although those can certainly be a factor. On the last episode, we looked at three other factors that could contribute to the situation. We looked at expectations, scheduling upheavals, and the physical effects of the climate and sleep disturbances. But today we're going to look at three more holiday challenges and explore how to handle them effectively so you can focus on the real reason for the season, Jesus Christ coming to earth, fully God and fully man to save humankind for all that would believe in such good news. So let's get started with our three categories for this week. The first one may not seem to relate to holiday weight gain directly, But if you experience this, you'll know that there is a relationship for sure. So the first category we're going to look at is social challenges. The social situations themselves can provide some emotional challenges that we can use food to soothe from time to time, especially if we are already people that deal with that tendency to care too much about other people's opinions of us. That's common in those with a disordered eating pattern, if you think about it. The reason, or at least one of the main reasons that 
so much time and effort is spent on looking a certain way is we're really caring far too much about people's opinions of us and we're giving so much value to that, even valuing um, ourselves as human beings in light of what other people think. So if you're already bent towards that mindset, then the social challenges of a holiday can be particularly supercharging. With the holiday season, I would say a couple things come up that maybe don't come up the rest of the year that make it a little harder. One, we're just kind of expecting to look our best at this time of year. There are parties, there are pictures, you know, photo cards go out, videos, family portraits, and we're just supposed to look all shiny and sparkly and jolly and good supposed to be looking our best, you know, with any kind of holiday events, all the Christmas parties, the work parties. So if you already are dealing with that troubled mindset and that disordered mindset around your body image, around weight and obsessively thinking about your weight and I need to lose more weight, you know, whether you do or not, that can add a layer of complexity and difficulty to the season, just having those expectations. Now, this would sound weird for people who don't actually deal with this. They would not really understand that. But I'm thinking if you've come along this far with me, you do know. You understand that very well. Another thing that's very specific to the holiday season that we don't tend to deal with often throughout the rest of the year is that we're seeing people who aren't with us every day. We're seeing people that we may only see once a year. And so that brings this, you know, this angst inside. Am I looking okay? Are they going to think I've gained, you know, 10 pounds or whatnot? All of those preoccupations that we're fighting against, we're working against through God's grace, and we're bringing to the cross together. But There are things that can be triggers for us, certain situations where even though we're making progress, those old thoughts, the old man can come back and be a particular challenge. So sometimes there's that fear of seeing people and hoping to look our best when we see them or fearing looking worse in their eyes. So those are some specific social challenges that come around the holiday season. Also, some things that are a little less directly connected to our body image and our eating behaviors, just being with people that we may have strained relationships with. Uh, We may feel like we don't quite fit in that social group that we're expected to be in and visit with during this season. There might be difficult histories with family members that we're going to be with. And so that just adds a layer of emotional angst outside of just, you know, our body image and our body shame and weight issues. Those are just things that can cause more stress. So these issues can be particular triggers for us who behave in those disordered eating practices anyway or have a history of doing that, like comfort eating, like emotional eating, like self-loathing and body image shame and all of that. So When you think about the angst of an upcoming social event or social gathering, that may cause us to try and do a quick crash diet or restrict foods and just try and maybe lose a few pounds before that time period. Now, of course, if you've listened to me at all, I'm going to warn that that type of behavior, those crash diets, those restrictive food rules will almost always have a terrible backlash for most of us. 
There are no scriptures, of course, on how to lose weight or how to go on a diet properly. Um, but there are principles that we find in scripture that certainly would apply to other situations. For example, when we're learning about the wisdom of finances, in Proverbs 13, 11, it says, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. So what that is talking about is if you do something so that you can you know, make a real quick investment and a fast turnaround or even win the lottery or something like that, that money is more likely to dwindle and you may not be as responsible with it because you haven't done the due diligence to learn how to handle wealth because you weren't used to it. Um, and also because often the riskier practice that got you into that will get you right out of it. But whoever gathers little by little will increase it. The same principle is true for your health, especially for something like weight loss. So if we're doing these crazy, hasty weight loss diets, they do not tend to last long term. In fact, you're going to be hard pressed to find enough people who lost weight very quickly that have been able to keep it off over the years. However, if you work little by little, day by day practices, and you earn that weight loss over time, it is far more likely that that will remain, that you will hold on to that because you've spent that time learning the behaviors and making that a part of your life and gaining health in the process. So trying to quickly lose weight right before a social gathering, even trying to lose that five pounds, well, you're going to have to do some major restricting and some really kind of crazy practices that you're not going to be able to maintain after the holiday season. So what's going to happen? There's going to be that backlash. There's going to be the pendulum swing the other direction, as you've seen many, many times, probably in your own life already. So let's try to get a right perspective, put the social challenges in their right place mentally, and those heart issues, those fear issues, those issues where we care a lot about what other people are thinking, bringing those, of course, as always, to the cross in repentance so that we can receive that cleansing, we can receive the help of the Holy Spirit to help us. The other things that we can do to help us with these social challenges, we know a lot of these are, they're mental. There are things we're saying to ourselves, they're the way we're talking, the way we're thinking. So challenge your thinking in light of scripture. Challenge your thoughts in light of the cross of Christ. Are your thoughts about yourself true or are they lies? Are your thoughts about others true or are they lies? In other words, we might be assuming people are going to think the worst of us, but we don't know that. And why would we assume that anyway? You know, the Bible tells us that love believes all things. So we really are to be believing the best in others. And let's trust them to believe the best in us. And if that's not something that you think they do, then let the Lord work on that with them. But challenge these thoughts. Are these thoughts that you're having true or are they lies about yourself or about others? Keep in mind also, who is the accuser of the brethren? It's Satan. We don't need to feel like victims of others' opinions. We don't need to live under the either supposed or true accusations of anyone. So if God's your defender, who can stand against you? 
These are the truths of scripture that must be in our minds when we're faced with situations that are challenging or make us fearful or anxious. If God is your defender, who can stand against you? Who is going to accuse you? Those are things that have to be top of mind, maybe memorizing those scriptures and repeating them to yourselves as you're entering these social situations that cause you more angst and tension and fear than you think the average person deals with. Another thing is to practice loving others as Christ has loved you. Practice forgiving others if that's necessary, as Christ has forgiven you. This refocus is very helpful because our thoughts can be very stuck on ourselves. And if you think about it, all the things I've mentioned so far, where are the thoughts? On me. I care far too much what people are thinking of me instead of caring about what Christ is thinking of me. Well, that's pride. I know it doesn't sound like pride. A lot of people think I can't be prideful. I have no self-value or no self-esteem. Pride is just thinking about yourself a lot. Okay, so that is actually pride. Sounds crazy, huh? But it's actually very freeing, as I've said before. When you can identify sin as sin, sin has a solution in Christ. If you just have low self-esteem, well, I'm sorry to sound callous, but good luck to you because psychology and the world have nothing to offer you as a solution. But if the problem is a sin such as pride, ah, we have a solution in Christ, in the cross. We bring that to Him in repentance and humility and faith that He will forgive it cleanse us, and amazingly, His Holy Spirit will work in us to help grow us in Christlikeness in that area and overcome that pride. So it's a wonderful gift to be able to identify sin as sin. And if we're having social challenges where we're really focused inward and on ourselves and what do people think of me, um, or maybe I'm, you know, I'm angry still at these people and I don't want to be around them, and all of those emotions... Well, sometimes that sin we can turn in on ourselves in the form of drinking, smoking, you know, shopping, pornography, and for those of us that deal with food issues, eating or restrictive diets and crazy things that are very body-centered. Okay, so the first category was social challenges, and really the answers are just reframing everything in light of the cross, all of your thoughts and all of your thinking. Let's bring those out into the light and let the Lord show us what is true and what is not. Now, the next category is also an emotion-based category that can end in emotional eating, which can end in holiday weight gain. This is emotional challenges that some people deal with during the holiday season. So the holiday season, like we talked about last week, is full of expectations of happiness and perfection and joy, and it's just the best time of year. Well, not everyone feels joyful and triumphant during the holiday season. You know, in fact, it really only takes one difficult life event to rip the magic away forever. Think about that a loss of a very close loved one, a family member. Well, 
for people that deal with that, that lasts years and years and years of now having holiday events that used to include that person. And that can last for a long time. And many feel that sadness during the holidays more than the other times of the year, partly because it's supposed to be the happiest time of the year, the most wonderful time of the year. But they feel sad. They feel lonely. They feel grief and mourning. They could feel abandoned. They might be impoverished. They could feel the betrayal of family or friends, many, many, many other things. So not everyone looks forward to the holidays positively. For some people, it can be a heart-wrenching time of year. And I think it's important for those of us who don't have that experience to remember that many are suffering that way. And then in this situation, sometimes food can become the comfort. You know, having food be comfort is okay. There's a reason we call it comfort food, and it's very clear that God provided enjoyment in the eating process and satisfaction. That's built into it. It's built into the bodies He created for us. So we don't want to vilify the practice of enjoying food and getting pleasure from it and even some comfort from it. There can be a real comfort that comes from eating. And again, that is okay. Now, we want to make sure that that doesn't become the idol that brings us comfort, of course, because true comfort, true peace, true joy comes from God alone. Some people deal with a very practical issue in that they they don't have enough, even enough food. Um, I know people have been out of work, some not by choice. And over this pandemic, there are large amounts of people visiting food pantries and soup kitchens because they just don't have enough food. Also, as I've mentioned before, please keep your eye on the older generation in your family and in your church. It is not that uncommon for older people who live alone to not have sufficient food or not have sufficient way of preparing or obtaining their food. And they might not think to say anything about it. They grew up in a different generation where you didn't complain and ask for handouts. And so it is our job to watch out for each other, to watch out for the older generations. So kind of just have a mindset towards looking around, being aware, making sure that the older generations around you are provided for, that they are eating, that they're able to get food and, and prepare food. Sometimes there are physical limitations to that. Now, if you are in the situation where the holiday season brings more despair than anything else, here's what I would suggest. First, know that you are not alone. You're not alone. Many, many people feel the same. You know, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that there's no temptation that's overtaken you except what is common to mankind. So you might feel you are all alone in this, in the temptation to despair, in these problems of life, but you are not. Everybody goes through difficult trials and many are going through your particular trial at this time of year. So whether that's a comfort or not is an individual thing, but no, you are not alone at all, many feel the same. For you, I had just mentioned other people kind of keeping their eyes out in the church, but really, if you're the one suffering and you're the one needing help, 
humble yourself and reach out to your church body because more than likely, nobody knows. People don't just know what you're going through. And you really need to take it upon yourself to just reach out, just that simple act of letting someone know, letting your pastor know, letting your women's ministry leader know, or the pastor's wife know, some connection that you can get the information out there that you need something. This is literally what the church body is there for. This is the reason we are a body. We are the family of Christ. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. This is the job of your brethren in the church. Please do not hesitate to reach out for that because you know there'll be other times when you're able to help someone in need. And need isn't just for the financial or the physical food need. It is the emotional. It is the mourning. The scripture says in Romans 12, it says to weep with those who weep, or sometimes it's translated mourn with those who mourn. We're not supposed to be weeping and mourning alone. We're supposed to have the brethren with us, going through it with us. But people can't do that if they don't know you are dealing with these issues. The church is also there to help with provision for those who are in actual need. Another thing you can do that's even a little more personal is ask specifically a sister in Christ for their support, to get on the phone with them and just talk to them and ask them if they would stand alongside you during the season with prayer um, and checking in on you and just being that support person for you. That's a wonderful thing to do. And you know, you don't want to rob them of the blessing of being able to be a blessing to you during this time. And again, there will be a time when you will be able to reach out and be that for a sister in Christ as well. Another thing I would say to do is to reach out to help another person who you think might be in a similar place as you are. How's that? So now, The focus also is not entirely on yourself and on your problems, but it does wonders to reach out and have the focus on someone else who's in a similar place. A lot of times when you're counseling somebody who's going through depression, it's so powerful to get them focused on helping others and getting their mind on giving and helping. And if you're in a situation where you're going through an emotional challenge due to the holiday season, you can guarantee that there's others in your church that are going through the same, and you can be that person to bless them, even while you're getting support from others. See, it's a wonderful circle. There's the church. There's the body of Christ, right? Another thing you can do is to thank God. Yes, you heard that right. You know why we can thank God during these struggles? What you're going through right now, even though it's not enjoyable or fun, there's a purpose. There's a purpose that God is allowing you to go through this that will grow you in Christlikeness. It is for your benefit and for His glory. And because He's a sovereign, powerful God that is trustworthy and good and loving and kind, You can trust that this has a good purpose. That's a wonderful thing to keep in mind, that when you're going through those emotional struggles, there's a reason for it. It is not chaotic. I heard Elise Fitzpatrick say that one time, and it changed my world, that God is not chaotic in what He does. He has a purpose. 
He has a reason and it is for your good and for his glory. And you can trust him in that. So thank God. Thank God that during this time that's challenging, you might draw closer to your church because you're needing them and they're reaching out and then you're reaching out and helping. Thank him because during these difficult times, we do tend to spend more time reaching out to God and praying and staying in his word and trusting him. And that is so important to do during this time. And I think we all know that the trials grow us deeper and faster in Christ-likeness than any good times do. Remember, God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You might be feeling alone. You might be feeling betrayed. You might be feeling mourning and grief and loss. But God, the God of the universe, will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And we know that because scripture tells us so. Now, if you, on the other hand, are someone who thoroughly enjoys the holiday season and you haven't experienced that life change that's kind of robbed you of that, remember, that's not the case for everyone. So you be thankful to God for what you're able to enjoy during these holiday times. But then also remember, check on those in your church, check on those in your family who are alone, or if you have reason to think that they might be struggling. This is the time to reach out. Be the church. It is literally our job to take care of our brethren like family. Okay, so those two categories so far, that those are both similar in that they can just lead to emotional eating, comfort eating. Not that that's terrible, but if it's something that you fear and you don't want to have happen or you fear the holiday weight gain and the backlash, then those are just some things to be aware of that emotional eating, comfort eating can come from both the category of social challenges and then emotional challenges. The third category we're going to look at is much more directly related to holiday weight gain than any I've talked about on either episode, and that's nutritional challenges. The obvious one, right? Well, during this holiday, for all the previously mentioned reasons, both from this episode and last week, there is more stress eating. There is more emotional eating often. But there's also, on a positive side, just more emphasis on food (laughs) this time of year. Many of our traditions include food. Yes, I can think of so many traditions in my own family that actually include, if not centered around a particular part of food. So many family traditions that we pass on generation to generation can be food-centered, and there's nothing wrong with that. Enjoy it. That's just some of the fun. But often the foods that come about during holidays do tend to have higher fat and higher sugar or more energy, remember, than our normal foods that we routinely eat throughout the rest of the year, such as those pretty Christmas cookies, hot chocolate, all of the desserts, you know, they're just more parties and every party includes food and maybe more desserts than you're used to eating, just more snacks around and just a lot of things like that. So, I mean, enjoy them, especially if it has to do with your celebrating and your traditions, certainly enjoy them. But just be aware that many of these foods do have higher energy levels than you might be using up during a day. And so, of course, as you've learned, that equals a little extra weight gain. Social situations, obviously, again, very highly centered around food. But even (laughs) I have found even for myself, happy eating to enjoy the 
foods of the season. So it might be in the evening when we're just relaxing in front of the Christmas tree. I might not even be hungry, but oh, this sounds like a good time to go grab one of those cookies out of my 10.4 pounds of cookies. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can listen to last week's episode. Okay, so what can we do about the very specific nutritional challenges that come up during the holiday season? Well, we can look at this two ways. And I don't mean either this way or this way. We can combine the ways if we want. That is fine as well. So one way we can look at this is to enjoy. Just enjoy the special foods. It's rare. It's a rare time of year. The foods can be part of your tradition, part of your celebration, part of your family events, part of your social gatherings with friends. And just enjoying the foods instead of fighting against them or having that mindset of, I can't, this is bad, this is evil. By not having that mindset, that may prevent a backlash. And instead of having all of these restrictive food rules of, I can't eat that or I better not taste that, instead of having all of those restrictions that often have that backlash, because then later you're going to feel deprived of something and you may just go binge on it anyway. Instead, let's enjoy the food using your God-given signals of hunger and fullness. And using those hunger and fullness cues to determine when you're hungry, you eat. When you're satisfied, you stop. And you can go get more later if you want. Remember, the danger can be in that all or nothing mentality. In other words, If I have a little, I'm just going to go for it because it's the only time of year I can eat all of these things. So I'm just going to shovel it in. You don't need to have that mentality. That's actually quite damaging. Conversely, the other part of that mentality is I won't have any of the treats. Then it'll just be off to the races for me and I won't be able to control it. That mentality is what causes that disordered eating often. So try not have that all or nothing. You can have some. You can have some now. When you want some later, you can have some more later. It's not restricted to now or never. And it's not that you never can have this food again. Even if it's a food that only appears this time of year, why can't you make it later in the year? You can. You can do that. There's no rule against that. You're not going to jail. It's not now or never. It's not all or nothing. Okay, so that's one track we could take. The other is to eat alternatives. So I will say, if you're going to eat alternatives, and I do this sometimes, but you have to make sure that they will be a satisfactory substitute, or it might not be worth it if you, let's see, here's a good example. So instead of an apple pie at Thanksgiving, I make also, for those who want it, just an apple crumble, and it's got just apples and a little bit of oats on top and a sweetener, cinnamon. But when you bake it, to me, it tastes just as good as apple pie. Actually a little better. I like it more, I'm finding. So for that, I don't deprive myself and say, I can't have apple pie. I have found an alternative that I really like that absolutely satisfies that desire for apple pie. However, If I'm looking at an apple pie and I feel like I really want that, I want to taste that gooey sweetness with the cinnamon and the crispy crust, and instead I go, but I only should eat an apple, and then I go and chomp away on an apple, well, that might not do the trick. And so later on, I'm just going to continue thinking about that apple pie, and I'm really going to want it, and I may go binge on it. 
So if you do an alternative, it's an absolutely legitimate way of dealing with these holiday treats. Just make sure they actually will satisfy. Come up with a substitute that you really enjoy that kind of curbs that craving and satisfies the taste. And so that's another way of doing it. If you go the alternative route, you can even bring the substitute with you to a party or social gathering, uh, a fancy new dish for you to share, you know? So A, you know what it is that you're eating if you're kind of hesitant to be eating all the other things and also share the information with others, you know, bring the recipe and other people might really enjoy it as well. Now I said it's not either or. So you can mix it up and do both, which is typically what I do. So there are certain things that are not gonna be substitutable in my mind. And so I will enjoy a little bit of that too. And I will enjoy the taste of it. And I will take the bites that I want to take of it. I'll have as much of a portion as I want to have. And when I'm satisfied, I can put it away. But other foods at the same time, maybe even the same meal, I might make some alternatives because they're just as good to me. I really enjoy them. And sometimes over the years, I've learned to enjoy them even more and look forward to those. Of course, because I think I have an education in nutrition, I'm more aware of what my body needs, and I'm kind of always looking at my plate that way. I want to nourish my body well because I know how much better it makes me feel. But you might just do it because you just want to minimize the extra energy, and that's fine. All of those decisions, they're all legitimate. It's your body. It's your holiday season. And you know what? It's not the worst thing in the world if you do gain a couple holiday pounds. Everybody does. That's why everybody goes on a diet in January, you know, and after the holiday season, remember it's temporary. You'll go back to your routine. You'll go back to, well, hopefully if you're not going back to it, you'll implement some physical activity in your days and in your weeks. And, you know, it won't make a huge difference in the long run. Now, if you're going to a social event where they're having a lot of high energy foods or there's going to be a meal served or a buffet, desserts, whatnot, I don't advise for you to ever skip meals. That's a common thing people like to do is to skip a meal and kind of save up the calories for later. Because what happens if you skip the meal, you arrive famished and you tend to lose control at that point of what you're eating. Because now you're just, you need to get something in there. And the first thing you're able to get might not be the thing you would have chosen if you walked in without feeling that much hunger. And skipping meals also is just not really a good practice. It's part of a disordered eating pattern that I would love to see you grow away from and get some healing from. And that can just kind of reinforce that. So try not to let those old practices come in, even in situations where you think it could be helpful. It usually is not in the long run. And then, of course, my final point for not only the nutritional category, but also the emotional and the social is be thankful for all foods. Be thankful for all foods. You know, we're able to enjoy anything that we have because we acknowledge that it's been given by God and we thank him for it. And 1 Timothy 4.4 says that all things are to be enjoyed as long as they're eaten with thanksgiving. So let's stop and be thankful because what are we actually celebrating this time of year? We're celebrating Christ in heaven, humbled himself to come to earth to live under this fleshly law and live it perfectly 
die for our sins, rise again, and bring salvation to all mankind, to every single person that will believe in him and come to him in repentance and faith. That is what Christmas is, and he gives us good things all during our lifetimes. Yes, there are challenges and there are trials, but seen in the correct light of scripture, those are also good things. So he gives us good things. Food is one of those good things. And so we not only can be thankful for it or should be thankful for it, we can actually enjoy it. That's scripture. So be thankful for all of these foods. There are many, many, many people across the globe that will never see a plate of food like you have before you at the holidays. There are many generations in the past that had never dreamed of having a plate of food like you see at the holidays. So be thankful, be thankful above all things. So if you want to read a little more about this, maybe in some more detail, I did write a blog post called Holiday Weight Gain Causes and Concerns. It's at truefoodfreedomandfaith.com. You can just click on the blog tab and the link will be in the show notes below. So that will have more information on both of these podcasts and what we've talked about. Well, Merry Christmas to you all. I hope you have a wonderful, love-filled, joy-filled time. And I hope that those of you who are struggling will find so much comfort in the Lord as you come to Him in prayer, in faith, reading His Word, meditating on His Word, reaching out to those around you, both for comfort and help and prayer, and in giving those things to those who are in a situation like you are. Until next time, let's remember 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. I'll see you soon. 